Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so overwhelmingly excited. This is the pilot episode of Things I've Learned Along the Way, the podcast. And I have an amazingly lovely guest who has been so gracious with me to share her presence and her experience. Tell me about you, some basic information and attributes, five things we should know, and paint the scene for us as to who you are. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So I'm Andrea Arias. Um, I am, I'm human, first and foremost. Um, I like to say that just because my, my role is, or my job too, is a psychotherapist. Um, but I like to remind everyone that I'm also human. I also make mistakes. I also have a human experience. Um, so yes, I'm human. Um, Latina. I am a first generation immigrant. Um, I was born in Guatemala and my mother and I came here, um, moved to Los Angeles, um, when I was five years old. So I grew up with the, the single mother who worked really hard, who had to work many jobs, um, and who I saw struggle and be really brave, but also kind of move past her feelings all the time mm-hmm. um, without holding space for that. So I think I'm in a time in my life right now where I'm kind of experiencing uh, changes, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sort of a like ego death, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are some, I I guess some things again, um, Athena, human psychotherapist going through my own transitions. Um, I recently moved from Maryland back to Los Angeles. Very cool. So, and how old are you? I'm 25. 25. All right. So that's already a pretty interesting transitional point in a person's life. Um, it's a quarter of a century. And that within itself comes with a lot of changes. And it's really interesting to to hear the similarities that we all experience because sometimes it's easy to to think you're alone in in being raised by a single parent because that's one one factor of life that not everyone experiences. But then to also be uh, from a Hispanic background and I, I can completely relate to that experience of you saying, yes, my, my parent was really strong, but there are some things that now I've realized could have could have been processed and 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 taken the time to work through and, and kind of just live with those feelings for a little bit. Um, and sometimes when when our parents have come from from such intense backgrounds, it, it takes a lot of effort to be able to come up from that. And it almost feels like there's no time to dwell on that. We constantly need to move forward. So it's really interesting to hear you reflect on that. And, and I completely can relate to that experience myself. Mm-hmm. Next question. What motivates you in general? And what have you been motivated by lately? So I would say that before I used to be motivated by results. Um, mm-hmm. Well, all throughout my life, I, I feel like I've been very goal-driven to the point where I plan like 30 steps ahead. Um, 
I'd be like, all right, this year I'm, I do X, Y, and Z, the following, then it's that. And then, and I think it, I'm really thankful for that, um, for the ability to be able to do that, because I think that I paved way to be able to get where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was really motivated again by the results. I think that has changed now. Um, I think now I'm more motivated by present moments Mm. where I can accept what is going on at this moment, um, versus thinking about attempting (laughs) to take control like this impossible task that I would give my brain of um, you need to know what's going to happen with this and this. And and then when things would happen that felt like I was like in a lifetime movie where it was just very <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, hold on. This does not align with the plan that I had. And it would throw me off um, badly. And then I, I would kind of recover and be like, all right, well, I can use this as a learning experience and then keep going and it it will still be part of the plan. But I had a hard time letting go of what I thought should be. Um, So yes, motivated by, by results. Um, I remember even like throughout college being like, I, I was motivated to be, to walk like the stage and to be like, okay, like I was able to do this. Um, I was undocumented, so I had to pay school out of pocket. And those are, it was extremely challenging to say the least. Mm-hmm. I, I would be in like the midst of pain and then look up um, people who inspired me or I would look up salaries too. <laughs> Like looking at my bank account, I had maybe like 23 cents in there. I'd be like, it's okay because one day I will make this amount of money or one day like it won't be just 23 cents. (laughs) Um, And and those are the things that that motivated me thinking about that, that there were times in my life where things really sucked, but that it wasn't going to be like that forever. And that um, it would it would get better, mm. um, but then in doing that, I think that I depended some of like my happiness on like a destination of yeah. you know that uh, once I get there, then I'll be happy. Once I do this, then I'll be happy. Mm. And that's not really how life works because there will (laughs) always be another thing. There will always be another problem. Yeah. Uh, So I think that one of my favorite quotes right now is by Brene Brown. I know you've Mm -hmm. heard of her. I love her. Um, Love her. I think my sister, my sister uh, put me on. Greatly appreciate that. (laughs) She's she's so inspiring. And one of um, my favorite quotes by her says something like, I don't, I don't have to chase extraordinary moments, um, to find happiness that it's right in front of me if I'm paying attention. So that's lovely. I think it's, it's changed from being motivated by results to being motivated to present moments because I'm alive right now. Mm -hmm. 
that is, oh, that hits so beautifully. Um, I think we so often focus on the impermanence of struggle and we fail to realize that it is simply like a storm. Every storm that has come has disappeared. And sometimes we can get so, we have this, this void in our lives. And when we're used to chaos uh, and the chaos isn't there, we're like, well, what the hell do I do now? I've never operated in peace. What is this? Um, and we're constantly chasing after the next best thing. And I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know, movie culture and, and TV has kind of perpetuated this kind of ideal that, um, oh, no, you're not happy right now because you're missing mm -hmm. this. And then you get yeah. that and you're like, okay, I got it. Um, why no am way. I still empty? <laughs> Okay. Oh no, I have to go to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go for the next thing and then you get there and you're like, I'm still empty. But it's because like you said, we have to always come back to focusing on just the the beauty and the the permanence of our being. We are we are uh despite anything that has happened uh in our lives to shape us that is going to happen in the future, despite any of those circumstances, we are. We exist, our hearts beat. We don't have to think about telling our kidney to uh filter uh all of these these toxins from our body. It just does it. Um yeah. so so learning to to just celebrate those those little wins. That's that's mm -hmm. a big that's been a big step in my life too. And uh, mm -hmm. you, you stated it so beautifully. Keep it 100. What are some of your favorite things to do? Not what you show social media, the real unadulterated, like pure truth you. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely love movement. Mm. When I was younger, I think that looked like, like in high school I did cross country for a bit. I did like, and, and then during college, I would work out a lot. And it was a lot more like, very like fast paced kind of like hit workouts where I felt like I had to sweat a lot. And if I didn't sweat or soak my clothes, then it wasn't a good workout. And, and I think that's how I was dealing with a lot of other things that, that I wasn't dealing with mm -hmm. through these workouts. Um, but that has changed over time. I, my workouts now, it's not specifically about working out. It's about using my body that I have. So I really enjoy walks. I feel like, um, and I make Tony, my husband, come on these walks with me all the time. He used to hate it. But now he really enjoys it. He says that he feels like we're like this elderly couple that just goes on. <laughs> on walks and but I I really enjoy it because I feel like those are moments where where I'm present I'm it's not about having to hit a like calorie amount or or anything like that is just on a moving moving this body that I do have and cooking and I don't enjoy the the cleanup process <laughs> but but the I think, again, just using my hands, um, one that stretching as well, like and having like these yummy stretches mm -hmm. where I feel like I'm loving on myself and and I stretch something that I didn't know was maybe tight. I'm like, oh, OK, like that tension has been there. <laughs> or lastly, I think this past year one of my new movements has been 
dancing by myself, um, like just in front of the mirror and just being silly because I think for so long and I didn't even realize this, I had like this stiffness to me of feeling like I had to be maybe calculated or I I had to move or say the right thing. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't do that, then it, it was too scary to step out of that. So I think in being silly and just moving around has been healing for, for me and my body. Mm. I love that. Um, it's, it's getting in tune with, with our divine feminine and, mm. um, in, in, in such a divided, uh, divided culture that we currently live in. And, um, it's pretty black and white almost at this point. Um, there is no such thing as as fair, right? It's mm-hmm. it's either you completely agree with this or you completely agree with that, and there's no in between. And 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 being in touch with 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 our movement and and feeling the flow uh, through our body and just breath moving through our body and uh, putting on a song, even if it's silly, a little TikTok <laughs> challenge, whatever you're doing, it. It is it is so lovely and it really is a form of self-care that has not been used to its fullest potential. And I think it would help so many people. I'll touch on this off air with you. But uh, when, when you spoke of the of the of the stiffness um, that that comes from all of the voices that we hear around us, our society, mm-hmm. societal norms and and just things that have been passed down that make no sense, but we just continue to follow them because it's culturally appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but children move. You put on a certain a certain tune with the right drumbeat and newborns will start bopping because it's just part of our nature. We, we are uh, creatures of movement, so that's lovely. And um, about the walks, there is a lovely quote. I can't think of the source right now, but I will link it in the show notes. It is, um, whenever you have life's problems, go on a walk. And if the problem wasn't solved on that walk, go on another. Um, Mm -hmm. it's something along those lines. And it is so true. Just, uh, just being in touch with, with nature, um, I'm very blessed that I live in an area that has a lot of nature parks and as a Hispanic uh, American individual, um, there's there's kind of a ongoing joke about outdoorsy things and uh, cold weather uh, things being not of our culture, right? It is um, not something we do. Why? I came from the struggle. I came from uh, the fields to to go out and hike for fun. And it's something I kind of internalized. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't have to do that. Why? And I started walking and hiking and I was like, this is how we were supposed to be. This is where we originated in nature and we belong here. And I just think it's, it's, it's free. Like you got no excuses. It's free. <laughs> so it is such an underutilized tool as well. I loved that. All right. I think it's so I, I was just gonna add to like I think it's so lovely when you just talked about like letting go of of those messages and then finding out what felt good for you. Yeah. Um it, there's this re- there's this relief that comes when you realize what you as in others think of me 
is none of my business because <laughs> mm-hmm. it really isn't. It, it has nothing to do with me. The, the ideals and perceptions and any conclusions you've drawn on the topic and the subject of I has nothing to do with me because that is through your eye, not mine. Um, and it's, it's all about internalizing how you feel about things, not how other people's opinions of you and the way you should live life and what is considered appropriate should reflect on you. I don't know. These are these are pulled from a lot of sources. I'm going to have to do some research after this to quote all this info so people have um, some All the books. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a thesis project after this. But, um, all right. So next up. Huh. If and when you set goals, how does that process work and how do you follow through with them? And keeping in mind maintaining life balance, how does that come about in your process? So I shared a little bit about that of like when I was in college um, or just any time in my life when I thought about a goal, I picture myself already having that. Mm. Um, And, you know, I think people call it different things like manifestation. um, So that is something that, that I think I did. And I think that I learned that from my mom as well. And just seeing her like start off, like when, when we did move to LA from Guatemala, like I saw her first start off, like having a bicycle, she would ride like her, her, I'm not talking about a motorcycle, like a bicycle, like to, um, <laughs> like her job. I think her first job was like at a Carl's Jr. Like a fast food place, and and then I saw her from there be like, "Well, I'm gonna get get a car," and then she bought this like janky car <laughs> that I was so embarrassed of when I was a kid <laughs> because she would come pick me up from like the after school programs, and they'd be like, "Andrea, there's your mom," because it'd be so loud. Um, but now I look back and like all that inspired me because each time, each step, she, she said she was going to do something and then she did. Mm-hmm. And, and I think something that I learned from her was that the relationship that you have with yourself, like that one is for life. That one is till death do you part. And so when you honor the things that you say you're going to do, you just build more trust with yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how I've been able to look at it. When I say that I want something, I ask myself why I want it. Um, and then I think about what that would look like. And, and and sometimes it really sucks when you're going through the process. <laughs> when something's really hard and you, yeah. and you don't want to keep going. Um, but I imagine like myself now being different from the person that I want myself to be. And I picture my future self thinking my present self, like for doing all that work, for doing things that are not glamorous, mm-hmm. um, for for working hard. Because I know that that part of me is necessary to get to the next level that I want. I love that. You you just reminded me. 
I, I wrote this piece. I, I went through a really, really weird emotional catharsis moment uh, about last year. And um, I, 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 I was in a panic. So, so I called my husband and I'm like, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know what to do. Right. He's like, well, ABC, you would have to choose. That's what I would do. Right. And I'm like, that's not going to work. So I call my mom and I'm like, Ma, I don't know what to do. This is happening. And she's like, well, D E. And I was like, no, that's not going to work either. And then I call my friend and I'm like, girl, I don't know what to do. And she's like, G, maybe T. And I was like, okay, no. Why am I asking all of these external sources? And for some reason, I had internalized this idea that at some point I was going to have this night in shining armor, pull up on his horse, hop off, rip the thing off and be like, I got you, boo, let's do it. And then I realized at age 26 (laughs) that the person that was actually coming on this dang horse was older me coming back to to help me and reparent myself. Like, girl, you was a hot mess. I'm going to show you. Like, I made it. We made it. Let me help you process these things and move on. And and you saying how you saw every step of your mother's commitment to her, to her promises. And I'm pretty sure we've all been guilty of this. We are so embarrassed of our parents. And then when we get older, we're like, I was a terrible person. You were doing the best things for me. And it's it's kind of the same concept with ourselves. Like you said, wanting to have my future self thank me for these long days and long nights and putting in the effort when no one sees, when no one's there to give you a pat on the back for it, when, you know, it, it is a life till death do us part relationship with ourselves and and constantly knowing that you have a goal, right? I I want to change or modify this behavior or, or characteristic about myself or my career goals or whatever it may be. Knowing that your future self, someone is holding you accountable, knowing that you are paying it forward, even if it's to yourself, putting that into perspective is so useful. Um, and it, it's such a, a great tool for for building goals. If you don't have anything, start small. Like your mom went from a bicycle to a car. Did she did she say, oh, I want to go from this bicycle to a Ferrari? No, but she celebrated that win. I'm pretty sure for her, whatever loud, you know, jankety <laughs> lemon she got, you know, <laughs> was, was still a huge blessing in her life. And I think realizing that when we take the time to celebrate those little wins and and holding ourselves accountable, thinking that other people are going to come do it for us, it just doesn't serve us. Learning to serve ourselves and our future self, and that guides us to to clear a clearer depiction of like what we really want. And like you said, it's not always pretty to have to go through and be like, oh, so um, I'm gonna have to do A, B, and C. Um, let's take it back a notch, you know. Um, but but really doing the work is is. I, I just think you put it so beautifully. Sorry. <laughs> I went off on a tangent there. But. No, I, I think you said that also. You put that very well. And and I think what you said, that's what real self-care looks like because I mean, 
we talk about the bubble baths and, you know, the massages and all that. And, and all that is self-care, but self-care is reparenting yourself. It's doing something that a parent would do and saying like, yes, we can have the bubble baths and this and that. And we also have to put in hard work and it's going to suck sometimes, Mm -hmm. but this moment will be temporary and you will thank yourself for it. Very, very true. And and on the whole reparenting subject, it's also reparenting ourselves because we realize it's not that our parents weren't good parents, but parents are human. <laughs> like you said, you're you're a psychotherapist, but you're also human. And our parents, a lot of us, especially like I'm a millennial, so my mom's generation um, was just on a completely different mental wave <laughs> than where we are now. There was there there was it was just a completely different culture. Um, so many things weren't discussed. We didn't have social media to talk about things and have other people to relate to. And um, everyone kind of just does the best they can, and realizing that it's okay, and having compassion for them as humans, seeing that they are just human, not bad people, not bad parents, just human. Having a human experience um, allows us the ability and the freedom to then explore what we need to fix within ourselves. And not fix as in we're broken, but you can always repair things. You can always upgrade things. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing a little upgrade. You know? <laughs> but um, really, it just it just gives us so much freedom to explore what we could, what we can do better. And, and it, it opens the channels for so much growth. So I love that. Here we go. Um, mm, if you could tell your younger self one sentence to guide you for the future, what would it be? Speaking of reparenting, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it's hard to, to put that in one sentence mm-hmm. um, because Initially, when you asking that question, I thought about what I would tell myself in that moment. And it would probably be something along the lines of like, you know, it's okay to not do everything perfectly. It's okay to make mistakes. It's that's normal. But I can also imagine my younger self being like, yeah, you don't know anything. Uh, <laughs> like you, yeah, you're just saying that everyone says that. Um, so sometimes you you can hear something and you might know it maybe like logically or you might just hear it. But when you don't know it and hear, when you don't accept that as your truth, it doesn't matter how much someone tells you. Mm. Uh, so then in thinking about that again and what I needed to maybe <laughs> say to him or what I would say to convince this stubborn little girl um, <laughs> that it's okay to make mistakes, I, I think that. I would need to bring in some perspective on like that we are in this floating spaceship, basically, on Earth. Uh, and that some of those things don't really matter because we already made it here to, to live. Um, that it took all these miracles to happen for me to be present in this mm. moment, to be alive. And that already is winning, mm-hmm. like life itself. To to think about the I don't know hundreds 
of sperms that tried to swim up like my mom's body (laughs) and um how there's probably many attacks to like get me killed and but I I still made it and still made the whole pregnancy and then being alive um and that already is a win and then thinking about what I want to do with this life because I I think that there's only two things that are guaranteed and one is that you know at some point we were alive in order to be here and then the other is that at some point we will die and Mm -hmm. I know it sounds a little bit morbid but I think it's it's reality And, and when I I think if I would have had that perspective of it's okay to make mistakes mm-hmm. and and that those are necessary things and that you, you're you just living and you already made it and then everything else from there doesn't really matter. I think that it would have been helpful to, to know that. But We are but okay. blips in the universe. <laughs> in the spectrum of time and in the universe, girl, we ain't nothing. Basically, right. <laughs> um, but I love how you how you were so honest and just being like, "Girl, I don't even think I would listen to myself." <laughs> no, no, that is so true. I I honestly was thinking about this, and I was like, I wouldn't have paid attention to a damn thing anyone would have told me anyway. So there's no point. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it would be more like a I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan, but. Like there's this this pensive and it's basically this pool of memories and you can use a wand and kind of pull a strand of memory into your brain, right? And you can live that 3D. And I feel like that would be the sentence I would like a pensive memory sentence is is what I would give myself um, because there's no way to see or just I guess the miracle of the older me being there. Um, would probably just be enough for me to not question anything. I'm more of a visual and tactile person. So I don't know if I, I would have been sold. Here. I don't know if I would have been sold. I'd be like, who is okay. this? <laughs> Security. <laughs> we got some crazy old lady trying to tell me that it's all good. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> all right. So uh, before I move on, I think you have been so truthful and honest. And um, and one thing you said, no matter how many times you hear something or how rational and logical it sounds and may process in our heads, um, until you are ready to receive that, that truth and be able to embody it. Because you can know your truth, right? But you ain't ready for it yet, so you're not going to live it or absorb that, right? This is a weird, weird anecdote. So I was at Macy's and I was at the checkout. Okay, and it was just like a random Wednesday or something. And the cashier, I I always try and be kind. It's it's free to be kind. I'm a huge proponent of being kind because you never know what someone else is experiencing. And if you just shift that that mentality and just be nice, the world would be such a better place. So I I'm like, hey, how are you? And, you know, he's like, I'm good. And I was like, you sure you sound a little down. And he told me the deepest thing I've ever freaking heard at a Macy's checkout, okay? This man told me, you know, I've been going through some transitions in my life lately, and it's about finding the, the connection. And I was like, I'm sorry, could you elaborate on that? What do you mean by that? And he said, sometimes we are ready, but we aren't worthy. 
And sometimes we are worthy, but we're not ready. And at some point, I just want to get to the point where I am worthy and ready and live that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be paying with my Macy's card. (laughs) And it was just just the deepest, most random (laughs) bit of truth that anyone shared with me. And I was, it was almost like, like a, a messenger or a spirit guide had, had come through this individual to me. And I don't know if I sound out there with you, <laughs> but, but it, it was the most genuine and, and truthful and vulnerable moment shared with me, uh, you know, by a stranger. And it related so deeply to something I was experiencing on my own. And all I could muster up was, you will find that connection. It's all about time. So just thinking about moments in in our lives that we've been or thought, right? I am so worthy of this as an actor, as a performer. This tends to happen a lot, okay? Um, We think we are the best fit for something. (laughs) It's the ego, you know, but or sometimes you feel like you are the most qualified, right? And you feel deserving of this, but it's not your time. Lord knows what would have come that way, what would have come your way through that encounter that you may have not been prepared for yet, Um, or vice versa. You're ready, but that opportunity wasn't it for you. You're not worthy of that opportunity, and that's okay. It's like, um, you know, the sword, pulling the sword. All these people were qualified, they were strong, but they just couldn't extract the sword from the rock. And it just happened to be the one person who was worthy of that opportunity to come along. So, so easing up on ourselves and like you said, so, so eloquently, um, really acknowledging the win of us just being here and the I am of the moment, just the fact that you are here, girl, you've won. (laughs) The fact that Mm. you are here, child, you have won is is something that I wish we were taught more. Um, and it's something that I would love to see for future generations to focus more on on preserving the beauty and the sanctity of just being and, and, and stillness. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing Last that, but- by the way. That you, oh. just, you like shared, I'm sorry, I just stood quiet for a little bit and it wasn't because I, I was taking it all in. Like I was taking in this beautiful moment that you talked about um, with a stranger at Macy's. I, I had, I've had uh, almost two years to absorb that one. That's why it comes out mm-hmm. of me so easily. But it, it rocked my world for a little bit. I was like, what the hell just happened? This purchase is meaningless. I didn't need this. Like everything just shifted in my world. Yeah. And that happened when you opened up because I think so many times we, we have all these interactions day in and day out with so many people, but I think we're closed for the mm. most part on what we want to show others, what what we're willing to show. And I mean, and that's okay too. But then we just see these kind of curated or like these views of other people and how maybe they have it all together or how, you know, they're always happy and I, or they're always okay or these certain things. And we don't see the other side of it of everyone's experience. But I, but I beg to question, is that a natural reaction that we're having or is that a conditioning? 
through society. Other societies, other cultures, for example, in Dominican Republic, when any interaction I've had with a stranger, it's not just like, hey, how's it going? Okay. No, we want to know your entire life history. <laughs> we want to know what you're cooking for lunch. If you want a guest over, because we're always willing, you know, to eat some platanos and stuff. But it, it's, there's, there's more of a, there's, there's more openness. Is that societal conditioning in our culture that no one really cares? I just say this because I have to. Or is it because we are actually closed off? And, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but that just, it brought that awareness to me. Is this something that we've learned? Is this a learned behavior? Or as humans, is our natural instinct to be open? Children are so open. Ah, I hit my toe. And it's, <laughs> it's a conditioning that we teach children. Oh, you don't have to cry for that. It's okay. Shh, 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 shh. It's fine, right? Mm -hmm. Part of that is innocent in the sense that we are trying to calm and, and soothe, right? But are we also, in a sense, quieting that natural instinct to express and to emote and to be open. It also ties into masculinity. Like, uh, do we push for this idea of masculinity where emotions can't be expressed and women feel the urge to now compete with that, right? And also still our, our sentiments for views, for, you know, for not wanting to be seen as sensitive or that lady who's always sad, right? I don't know. I, that just came yeah. up and I don't know <laughs> if you can You know, when that. you brought that up too, I was thinking about, I recently read Untamed mm -hmm. by Glennon Goyle and she was talking about uh, going to Paris and like noticing all the differences too between the U.S. Um, and her time in Paris. And, and I like the way that she put it. She said that she sees the U.S. being like the child who doesn't know their roots uh, because there's not that much far back roots in the yep. U S like there is as much history in, in other countries. And so it's like this child, us as a society in, in the United mm -hmm. States, constantly trying to prove ourselves because we don't know our history. We don't know our background. Mm, um, girl, this is getting deep. <laughs> there was so, culture there was culture was it kind of did a genocide kind of happen and kind of kill out and blur mm -hmm. the lines and all of that yeah so there, mm -hmm. i just i just want to clarify that there was culture here um absolutely. but a lot was done to absolutely deteriorate and and i just want to mention is still happening do your research. I will link a few resources um, in the show notes so that you can do some more research about how you can help uh, indigenous people and their communities because they are um, just targeted by a lot of things. And I think more people should know about it and get involved. Sorry. Uh, that was a little... No, thank you. Thank you I for apologize. sharing that. But yes, I, I completely agree. And uh, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I, I just... I caught the spirit. It was important. Yeah, no, it was important to, to share that. I think I think because we are a melting pot, of course, and, and there's it's almost like a conflict because you want to fit in with the culture and the society that you're coming into, but you also don't want to lose your identity uh, mm. and your cultural background. And then when you have so many countries trying to compete to be uh, the cultural 
the cultural representative of an entire nation, uh, that's when a lot of conflict and unnecessary conflict for that matter happens. But yes, that, that is beautiful. <laughs> the the yeah. child who doesn't know there. That's great. That's yeah. lovely. Um, I, girl, I forgot where we even were. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're going to have to keep me on track. Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is the final question. This was such a lovely, lovely chat. And I would love to have you on again. Um, this is going to be great. Okay. It's so, been lovely. From all of the things you've learned along the way on this journey through life, please leave us with a breadcrumb for the trail. Uh, for your future self and anyone listening, what is a way that you can use to find your way back home? if and when you feel lost. So that was a, a mouthful. But leave us with a breadcrumb for the trail. Tell us how you how you come back to yourself. If you feel lost or like things aren't going the way they should or according to plan, like you said, right? What is one way that you, you center yourself and, and come back home? You know, something that I always advocate for is – discussing feelings. Mm. Um, and I say this because I, I think that so many times we um, really bask in some of those positive feelings, you know, like maybe like that joy, the laughter, like the, the happiness, those like maybe some curiosity and those things are acceptable. Um, but then when we feel other things like like sadness, like anger, like frustration, we either avoid or numb or we don't want to stay there too long mm -hmm. because it feels extremely uncomfortable, mm -hmm. which I think is is a case for most people it's sort of been conditioned to, to believe this. But I think all of those feelings are meant for feeling, all of them, because each one of them brings – a purpose, it brings some type of energy that may be needed at that moment. So I say that even like one of my favorite feelings to talk about is anger mm -hmm. because I think anger is often rejected and it's not acceptable to feel. But I think that the things that make you the most angry are the things that you need to be addressing. And anger gives you sort of this energy to be able to address things that maybe you typically wouldn't have energy for because problems require energy. They mm -hmm. require – and so anger comes in. It's like, all right, here it is. Like, I'm here. You can use me. So I, I say all of this to say in, like, finding yourself, I, I think that it's okay to allow yourself to feel each feeling, whether it feels comfortable or uncomfortable, mm -hmm. um, and to use it for – a certain period or a certain time of your life that may be necessary. Even with with sadness, which is often very uncomfortable. I, mm -hmm. I know that growing up when I told you about growing up in with my single mother, um, sadness was something that was a little bit unacceptable because it was like, well, we don't have time for sadness. We don't have the <laughs> privilege to sit in sadness because I can't sit in this couch and be depressed and I got to go to work and, you know, get things done. Mama's got bills to pay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so it was seen like, no, if, if I sit in this one thing too long and thinking about all the what ifs or what would happen or, you know, then bills aren't going to be paid and this and that. 
not not really knowing how long sadness is going to stay for without knowing like maybe sadness is there to to teach you a lesson or to something to learn from the way that I like to kind of view it is something that I do for myself is like when I am feeling one of these extreme very uncomfortable feelings like deep sadness and pain Mm -hmm. and anger I like to imagine myself kind of sinking into a pool because that's scary, right? You might think like you're sinking, you might be drowning, but instead it I'm not. I'm sitting at the bottom of the pool and I'm listening to what's coming up at that moment for me. If it's deep sadness, what what can I learn from that at that moment? And I think those are the times where like I find or I can find myself without all the outside noise and telling me, like you said earlier, like, you know, you got to follow A, B, Mm-hmm. And then no CD, because I think the answers are within us. And we seek all these external either validations or on how to do life. But no one can tell us how to live our life because it's our life. And every person has a different meaning or or, or purpose or way that they want to do life. Mm-hmm. And if you're constantly listening to other people's fears, you're listening to what they feel like is the right thing to do, then you're not doing what feels right for your soul mm-hmm. and what what you might need to do. So no one else is going to have that answer for you. Not and sometimes not even the people that you love most. Mm-hmm. Like your partner. Yeah. Or, you know, your mom or even the therapist. Like <laughs> I I I don't have those answers for people. I, I provide support and but only you know, only I know what I need for myself. And when I sit at that bottom of the pool with myself, with whatever difficult emotion is coming up, I find that answer within me. Mm. Won't that do it? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that is that is so well, well said. You mentioned about only pretending as though good emotions exist. Uh, that was a, you know... Yeah. Um, quote unquote good emotions <laughs> exist that is it's it's as if pretending let's say for you know visual people that we were to extract one color of the rainbow you take out one color in the rainbow and that completely changes the way we view our worlds our visual spectrum covers so many different shades and if you you extract let's say a primary color red right anger you extract that your entire view on everything is completely changed because those those emotions that are less favored, anger, jealousy, sadness, all of these stem from a from a for a reason. They they exist for a reason. They we are ancient species, right? And we've we've transitioned, our brains transition over time and we carry along some of these ancient things because They were the superior gene, right? They would have been gone if we didn't need them, if they didn't suit us, if if we we had no sense for them and they help add perspective. If if everything were joy, right? If everything were joy, would we know how to be grateful? Would we know how to cope when something not joyous came along? When someone else near us experienced something less than favorable, less than desirable, 
would we be able to support each other? I don't know if that, anyone has been in the position where you're, you're trying to be there for someone, but you can't relate at all. So you have no facilities or faculties with which to help them. And you're just thinking to yourself, how do I politely suggest professional help to my friend here? <laughs> um, and it's it's kind of like we we need these things to balance everything else. If it's all cookies and cupcakes and rainbows, how the hell are you going to know how to act during the storm? How, how are you going to be able to interact with the world when things don't go your way? Right. So that is that is a beautiful tip about sitting with those emotions. And I think no matter what gender, race, creed, religion, whatever sexual preference, like literally, if you are of the human <laughs> species, you need to get in tune with your feelings, all of them, all of them, for that matter. It is it is the single most important thing to succeed as as a being. Right. Just 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 learning balance and. It's not going to look all cute and color coordinated like it does on Instagram. I went from being sad and depressed, picture A, <laughs> to happy and cupcakes and rainbows. Like that is not real life. Okay. Not what it looks like. No. <laughs> and, and it looks different for everyone. That that very it very well may be that that may have been someone's journey, but that doesn't mean yours may look the same way and there's a reason for that. And and just really really capturing that it is your journey you're here. That's a win. So make the best of the trip and and not focusing so much on getting to point A. Oh, and then I make it to point A and now point B. Enjoying. Hey, I really made it to point A. What can we do to keep this 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 success uh rolling forward? What can we do to keep this success because you're acknowledging that it is success in just being and arriving at a new point on your journey. And I love those breadcrumbs that you've left for our audience. You are an absolute beautiful soul. And I, I genuinely am so grateful. And I am, I'm Thank thanking you. all of my spirit guides and my intuition and um, everything that told me to make you the first episode. And uh, I would love to have you back. And I hope our listeners enjoyed this as much as I have enjoyed this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Uh, all is well in the world. If you keep it uh, sacred in your mind and your heart and your being, remember your breath and peace, love and light to you all. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe for more episodes like these. 